Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I'm Paul Dottino at Giants WFAN. He is Super Bowl champion Jeff Fiegels at Jay Fiegels. And if you'd like to talk to us, it's 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. We'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football with you. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter as well at hashtag GiantsChat. Now, a bit of business we have to kind of get out of the way as we open up today's program. Again, we will be here for the next hour, and the show is as normal as can be. Teddy Lehman, a former NFL linebacker and Oklahoma radio analyst, will be on momentarily to discuss some of the Sooners' NFL draft prospects. But mm-hmm. we do need to inform you that beginning next week, because of the various virus issues that have really uh, kind of enveloped the entire country, there are going to be a bunch of changes going on as we try to adapt yeah. to the situation. So we intend on bringing you Big Blue Kickoff Live throughout the course of the weekdays. However, it may be in a different format. We may not have the video component. We may not be able to take live phone calls. We may have to have you guys just communicate with us through Twitter on hashtag GiantsChat, even a day before giving us questions and comments that we might have to refer to. The bottom line is we are going to uh, do what we can to effort to bring the program to you on a daily basis. We have a lot of draft picks we have to discuss as we uh, preview the NFL draft, and it would be a shame to lose all the programming uh, that we try to provide you. Yeah. As as we know, the NFL is going to have draft. I mean, whether or not they do it in Las Vegas and have a big party, or they do it in the back room of the Marriott Marquis, there's going to be a draft, and those guys are going to have to be picked. Yeah, I mean, the way that things are going now, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything about the draft. I don't. I mean, the draft's going to happen. We know that, but is it going to happen on the date that they picked it? Who knows, Paul? I mean, things are getting canceled and, and postponed and moved back. Um, but we're going to try to do the best we can on this show and inform you guys of what we have going on, and we'll have guests and talk about the draft leading up. The other thing is free agency is right around the corner. You know, a lot of these guys may not want to be getting on airplanes and flying around talking to teams. And you know, the other thing about the draft, Paul, is you have to understand that these teams like to bring in players to their facilities. Um, a lot of the facilities around the country are closing, so that's mm-hmm. going to push back some of these meetings because the teams like to get these guys in front of them in their own buildings and talk to them and get to know their character a little bit and ask them questions and this and that. No, no workouts. It's just informal interviews. Well, basically formal interviews. They're bringing all these guys in. So a lot of stuff to change here, like you said, Paul. It envelopes the whole country, what's going on. Um, but we will do our best to try to educate you guys on what's happening whether it's in front of us here or through the through audio or on twitter like you said paul so we'll do the best we can all right let's start with our oklahoma preview and teddy lehman the former nfl linebacker who obviously uh, has a lot to say about the sooners he's their radio analyst and we really appreciate him for his time and teddy thank you so much for joining us i know things are kind of crazy around the country right now we hope all is well with you Everything's great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, very glad to hear that. And and I guess right at the top of the Oklahoma draft prospect list, uh, Jeff, there is a wide receiver that we're going to want to ask Teddy about. <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, and 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 you're gonna not you're gonna know a lot more about him than, than we do. But we obviously know about him just from watching him on TV. And as we get into the uh, into the draft, when Paul was actually at the combine, got to see you know and hear about all these guys. But you know, Ceedee Lamb seems to be one of those players that is fun to watch and tell us a little bit about him and and what you see in him and as far as where do you think he'll land obviously in the first round and we'll go from there yeah i mean he's um what you see is what you get with Steve lamb he he checks absolutely every single box that you can as a wide receiver he's got the right size he's got the right uh speed he's got fantastic hands um just like pure athletic ability to go up high point balls, contort his body to make great catches. Um, he is fantastic. Maybe his, his best asset is how good he is after the catch. Uh, you know, really good, really elusive. He's got breakaway speed where he can he can take it the distance for a touchdown. Um, he's a really good kid. All he cares about is being great at football. Very focused young man. Uh, I mean, again, checks all the boxes. You know, I, I can't sit here and say that he's the best wide receiver in the draft, but I can say that there's not any better than him. Uh, you know, whenever you look at Judy from Alabama, you know, very similar in a lot of things that they do. I think it just kind of comes down to taste and and what team really, uh, you know, has, has a liking to – 
the individual guy, you know, personality-wise and, and how they fit within their scheme because both guys are absolutely fantastic. And really the, the whole wide receiver class this year is fantastic. But C.D. Lamb is, you know, a, a, again, checks all the boxes, can do absolutely anything for a wide receiver. He's even guys, you know, this is something that's probably talked about the least with, with wide receivers, but he's a fantastic downfield blocker and mm. uh, really enjoys that, enjoys going down and challenges, uh, challenging corners, safeties in the running game and when other guys have caught balls downfield and uh, loves the challenge of that and is really good at it. Oklahoma radio analyst Teddy Lehman and former NFL linebacker, of course, joining us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. And, you know, C.D. Lamb is one of those guys, and I know Carl Banks likes to say when a guy comes out of the draft, you don't just add water and he's ready to go. There's always got to be something <laughs> that needs to be coached up. So I need to ask you, Teddy, you, you seem enamored with him, and obviously it's justifiable, but what adjustments will he have to make? What improvements will he have to make to make an immediate impact in the NFL. A lot of people have said to me, especially at the Combine, they think he's very much like uh, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco was uh, when he came out. Um, he, he's like Chad Johnson minus the attitude. <laughs> you know, and, well, you hope so. <laughs> I, I meant as a player. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, you introduce a bunch of money into the, the equation and maybe that changes but uh there's no ego with this kid it's all about ball and all about uh how he can help a team and be a fantastic player mm-hmm. i mean i guys wide receiver as far as coaching a guy up i mean when you get to the nfl you either got it or you don't i mean there's not a whole lot you're gonna you're gonna have to pick up the offense and you know, every every offense runs routes a little bit differently, and you know maybe uh, different break points and, and you know different styles of routes within an offense. But that stuff's easy. I mean, when you're as athletically gifted as CD Lamb, I mean that, that stuff doesn't matter. He's a plug and play day one, hundred percent. You know, wherever he goes, there's not going to be zero acclimation period. Well, the other thing that we failed to mention here, because being a special teams guy like me. Um, I'm looking at some of the (laughs) – and I I wouldn't have wanted to punt the ball to this guy because, listen, I'm looking at his stats here, 17 returns for 218 yards and a 12.8-yard average. Um, Talk about plug and play. To me, this guy becomes an instant punt returner for your team. Um, You know, and obviously he's going to be a first-rounder. You're going to want him to start for you. But he's going to bring multiple abilities to this football team. And talk to me a little bit about his returning skills. Yeah, he's good. I mean – I think you can tie that right back into, uh, you know, what I was saying, that probably his best asset is what he can do with the football after the catch. Sure, you know, and, sure. And that just ties right into his return abilities. He's, he's extremely elusive. Um, he's, he's, I wouldn't say that, you know, he's extremely fast. Like 40, he, he clocked a 4-5 at the combine, which, which is a good time. I mean, that's a, a good, mm-hmm. solid, fast time. But – as, as you guys know, some guys run a four-five and play at four-three. Right. Some guys run a four-three and play at four-five. He's one of those guys that you just don't see him get caught from behind on the football field. I want to flop at the defense, something you know well. Again, Ted Lehman joining us, former NFL linebacker. Uh, Oklahoma had a guy named Kenneth Murray who was incredibly durable, uh, very productive, and a lot of people think, boy, at two hundred and forty-something pounds. He would be a terrific inside linebacker when he gets to the pros. What is your take on him? How high do you think he'll go, Teddy? What's what's the future for this young man? Well, I mean, I think he could go anywhere from, you know, just depending on what teams really think about him, anywhere from maybe 14 to, to 25. I think that range, and there's several teams in there that could really use an inside backer. Um He's a fantastic kid. Um, you know, rarely do you come across a guy like Kenneth Murray that has the, the upbringing that he does. Um, he is a very faith-based young man. He is an extremely hard worker. All he wants, he wants to know, what, what do I need to do to be great? And he's going to do it. You tell him what to do. He's going to do it. If it's 
workouts, if it's film, if it's meeting room, you just tell him what to do and he's going to do it. Um, just has the has the, the perfect work work ethic. He's a he's a guy that you would want leading your team. Uh, the size is elite. The speed is elite. He's got good long arms. Um, he's not incredibly strong, but he's strong enough. Um, he's he's pretty good. I wouldn't say that he's elite as far as change of direction, but his his speed chasing things down sideline to sideline straight line speed is elite for inside backer. Um, he could stand to get better at the point of attack. Uh, the film on him is going to be really good, but the things that you are going to notice is, like I said, some of the, the quick change of direction stuff has a tendency to overrun plays a little bit, has a tendency in the run game to, to be a little bit wide in his fits because of that that speed that he has and, and needs to learn to taper it a little bit more. And um, some of the stuff at the point of attack, which – you know, I, I think maybe a little bit of a symptom from playing in the Big 12, uh, but with, I, I think in the NFL is going to be easily coachable. He's going to be able to pick up on that stuff. Um, like I said, he'll do whatever you tell him and get better at whatever he needs to do. So uh, he's, he's a top-notch inside backer for sure. Teddy, so many people nowadays talk about having three down backers because you got to have the coverage skills. And it sounds like his athleticism is not going to be a question. It does sound as if you believe he can be a three down backer up here. Sure. Yeah, he can be a three down backer. He will be a three down backer. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I hate about college football is just because of the nature of some of these offenses and some of the, I guess, for lack of a better term, gotcha plays where, um, you know, the RPOs where they're, you know, essentially illegal plays with offensive linemen downfield. And I, don't, I don't need to get into that, but <laughs> the thing is, linebackers and even safeties, the coverage skills are not anywhere near what they used to be, mm-hmm. uh, especially in zone coverage. Guys just no longer do you have guys that can pattern read, that can drop in to a spot and read the quarterback's eyes and, and know the route combinations that are happening. They, they have to play these RPOs. So you've gone from, you know, hook players and flat players and uh, guys, you know, running with the seam and carrying verticals to essentially spot players that only go to a spot. So I think, you know, Kenneth Murray – has, has struggled with some of his coverage stuff because of the way they've got to play defense now in college football. I, you okay. know, I think at the next level, he'll be able to pick up on a lot of that stuff. But from what I see from years ago, and it's not just him, but these guys are, are behind the curve, and that includes Kenneth Murray. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the college level, everybody does the RPO and those linebackers, they're put on an island sometimes. It's really difficult for them to play the way they really want to play. Um, and a lot of times you feel like they're out of position. It's just, you know, they're, they're just caught off guard. Um, and I think at this level you're going to get some of that, but it's going to be more of his skill set that will impress some of the coaches and the GM, the people around the league, and hopefully he gets to this level and is able to have a good career. No, I, I agree 100%. And Again, you go back to the um, you go back to the interview phase and mm-hmm. the personality. Just an intelligent, fantastic young man. I'm sure you guys heard the stories of him. You know, he's <laughs> he's trained in uh, CPR, and over the last summer, he was driving down the road and saw someone on the side of the road right. laying on the ground, and people panicking, and he pulls over. CPR saves a woman's life. That's he awesome. Yeah, it's just the kind of guy he is. He comes from a great family and just just an extraordinary young man. Well, we've got to ask you about the quarterback because sure. even though the Giants don't need a quarterback, Ted, uh, the bottom line is that Jalen Hurts is certainly someone who everybody around the, the nation knows. Uh, he has done some good things in this league. How do you project him to make the adaptation from the NCAA level to the NFL level? Is he a starting caliber uh, prospect? Is he a guy who's going to be a terrific backup? 
What do you see there based on the fact that one of the things that will scare some NFL scouts is that he's only 6'1"? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think size isn't going to be an issue. He, he may be 6'1", but he's a big 6'1", if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, some guys just say, that, well, are they really 6'1"? Are they stretching that? No, you say, he's a big 6'1". I don't think size is going to be an issue with him. He's a big, strong, physical kid. Um, is he a starter in the NFL? That's an interesting question because the skill range – for starter in the NFL is about as wide as you could ever imagine. Um, you know, you got guys like Patrick Mahomes, who's a starter, and then you got guys like Gardner Minshew, who's a starter. Right. Right. So that is the the space between those two players is massive. So <laughs> huge. I would say, yeah, Jalen Hurts can start in the NFL. Would he be a guy that you would want? leading your franchise long-term, I'm not so sure. I think he's a guy that uh, someone may take as a second or third-round type of player. Um, he's intelligent. He's been coached really well. He's, uh, he, he knows these offensive systems that, you know, the NFL's want. Well, Davey's gone. <clears throat> Yep. We, just, we just lost Teddy. If you have any chance to try to get him back. He'll come back. Yeah. And we appreciate uh, Teddy Lehman, Oklahoma radio analyst and former NFL linebacker, uh, joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live to talk about the Sooners NFL draft prospects. And again, I understand Hertz is not somebody who would probably be on the Giants' radar, but there's going to be a team that has done enough of homework on him that will probably be intrigued enough to take him at some point. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I, I think that when you look at what this guy did over his collegiate career um, and the way that he did it, you know, you whole, the whole situation with Tua and what happened there. I mean, the guy goes and wins the national championship game. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know, do we have Teddy back? Is he back? We have Teddy back on the line. Sorry, Teddy. Technical issues are really all yeah. over the place these days, and we appreciate your patience. Go ahead on, on Hertz. Yeah, uh, I don't know where you lost me, but um – I don't think a team is going to bring him in as a guy that they feel like is going to lead their franchise. I think he's someone that you would bring in and say, let's see what we got. And uh, may turn into a good player, may turn into a starter for us, or maybe a, uh, a fantastic backup. Yeah, and you know what? Before we got you back on, uh, Paul and I were speaking about him a little bit. You know, what I like about this young man, there's everything to like about this guy from when you talk about what you would like to have your son play, you know, college football and be like, this guy has got some serious goal setting. He's got some serious leadership. He's got a great attitude, great character. You know, you saw what happened when he was down at Alabama and then Tua comes in and takes his job. But does he, does he keep his mouth shut? Yes, he does. He just goes out and wins and wins. And then he comes to Oklahoma. I feel like this is a guy that his character will, will bring more, to him getting drafted higher than lower because I think that this is you don't really come along with guys like this all the time and I think that some teams and like you said um, they're going to take a chance on him and this is the kind of guy that you got to kind of look at and say you know what maybe he just continues to do this at the next level that he did at the college level and that's overachieved because that's what this guy has done all his career yeah I mean I, I think there's a lot of truth to that um, he is you know, I, I think I think he's a little bit robotic. Whenever you have guys that have been as coached up as he has been, dad was a coach, played under Saban. Mm -hmm. You know, Saban's got a, a definite mentality he wants with his quarterbacks. They've changed that a little bit under Tua, but for the longest time, it's, we're a defensive team. Don't make any mistakes. Don't turn it over. If the first read is both good, if not, throw it away or run and get the first. Sure. Right? Just don't. Don't make mistakes. So I think some of that has been coached into him. So he's a bit robotic, but um, he definitely has all the all the keys, um, you know, available to him to be able to be, uh, you know, a great quarterback if he's able to lose nothing and just let it go a little bit. I think one of the things he's going to struggle with, and this kind of goes back to those coaching points that he's always had, is he's always had the the bailout of being able to tuck it and go, mm -hmm. right? 
in the NFL, you just can't do that. You know, there's going to be times, sure, where you can pick up some yardage running and, you know, go get the first down. But it, it can't be the bailout like it is in college. Well, they'll make you pay for it, Ted. You know that. Sure. And if you don't adapt, you know, before that starts to happen, then, you know, I, you're really going to struggle in the league. You, you have to be able to make all the reads and the throws from the pocket. And if you, your entire life, if the muscle memory is first read, it's not there, tuck it and go, you're going to struggle in the NFL because you've got to go three reads. You've got to go your primary, your secondary, check down, and if the check down's not there, now you get into scramble mode. If you don't go through that process in the NFL, you'll get eaten alive. All right, one more guy. We want to get a quick thumbnail from you, Ted, and that mm-hmm. would be Neville Gallimore, the defensive lineman. Uh, I guess originally from Canada, had some early injuries in his career. I understand he's more of a third-day prospect along the line. Uh, could you give us a quick capsule on him and what his chances might be at the next level? If someone gets him on the third day, they have just hit a home run, gentlemen. He is... He may be one of the more underrated players in the entire draft. Hmm. There's a couple of reasons for that. His his production spiked this last year, and a lot of that has to do with the system. You know, he he's been playing in a system that just did not take advantage of his skill set. He's playing a zero nose where he's a a hit and two gap guy. That's not what he is. He is an explosive athlete. He's a free technique. And finally this season, when Alex Grinch came in, he was able to use that athleticism. We ran a lot of movement, a lot of spinning, uh, shifting, penetrating stuff, and he was fantastic. He's got a motor. He can absolutely run. You saw him 300 pounds around a 4.7. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, I'll be shocked if he sticks around to the third day. Wow. Well, that's high praise, and, and I know you know a lot about front seven defense, that's for sure, Ted. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he's, he's explosive. It, rarely do you see a guy that's 300 pounds and runs 4'7 that lasts till the third day. And, you know, here's what's going to happen. That, that number at the combine, a lot of GMs and scouts are going to say, whoa, let's check this guy out a little bit more. Maybe we should dive into this film uh, a little deeper. And when they do that, they're going to see a dude that plays with an incredible motor. Well, you know, Ted, one of the things that I basically am so happy that you discussed during our conversation today as we wrap things up is that the transition from college to the pros isn't necessarily taking that step up. Sometimes it's actually understanding how they're going to use you and the system that you're in. And there are guys who are going to be better pro players than they were in college because of of being able to uh, fit in better to what the guy at the pros wants him to do. Sure. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean... Football is, it's a team sport, gentlemen. We know that. If you're a linebacker and you got a bad defensive line in front of you, <laughs> you're not going to look very good on film. This is true. If, if, you're, if you're a quarterback and you got a bad offensive line in front of you, you're not going to look very good on film. So uh, there's, that's why there's a lot of guys that come from smaller schools that are late-round picks that show up and – you know, whatever the position is, all of a sudden it's like, wow, where did this guy come from? Sure. You know, he's been playing in a, in a sport that's got 10 other guys on the field. He's been, you know, his skills have been hidden because of the, the ability of the players around him. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of players like that this week. That's what makes it fun. We appreciate your time. That's Ted yeah, Lehman, you. the Ted. Oklahoma radio analyst, played with the Oklahoma Sooners, played with the Detroit Lions and the Buffalo Bills, and now, of course, bringing us his draft prospects perspective of Oklahoma's prospects. Again, Ted, thank you so much for your time. Stay well, and we, we hope to talk to you again at some point down the road. Thank you, Teddy. Anytime, gentlemen. Take it easy. You Take care. Bye-bye. Great information from yeah. Ted, and we should tell you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. And, you know, Jeff, I think, you know, over the years we've done these draft preview shows many, many, many times, but he made it very clear about how guys, you know, when they project to the NFL, it's not just taking that step. Again, it depends on how they're going to be used, and sometimes you have to see in your own head as a scout. Well, no well let's see. 
we're going to do this with that guy. They never did that, but we think he can do this. Yeah, it, and, and that's what makes these scouts and personnel guys so good that they can say, I mean, how many times have we said, we've seen this, Paul, where guys will come into camp here and they'll, and they'll be like, okay, you know what? This guy was a linebacker and he's playing safety now or vice versa, you know? Right. Um, or they take him from defense and put him on offense. You know, we've seen the times where they put taken an offensive lineman and put him on the defensive line. But he made a really good point. And this doesn't necessarily go for probably the first three round guys. But the, the rounds below them, if they're playing behind a bad offensive line and, and you're a coach and you're a quarterback, you're not going to look good. But you could get to a level where all of a sudden they put you in and you've got a lot of people good around you. And that makes you better. So sometimes that's why you find the uh, the guys like Darius Slayton. Okay, that's why, although Fromm was a pretty good quarterback, but my point is, is that, you know, sometimes this happens with players and they get around a system that just fits them. And the scouts well, know well, it. Well, Slayton was at Auburn. Fromm's a I'm Georgia sorry, guy. I'm sorry. That, who but, was, but the um, point is, Auburn was not running a heavy passing attack, and that's why Slayton didn't get a lot of targets. It was the other guy that went to New England, excuse me. The, uh, You're talking about Stidham. Yes, yeah, Stidham. Jared Stidham, who, meant, by the yeah. way, I really, really liked. Yeah. In yeah. any event, give us a call at 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513 here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll be here till a few minutes past the top of the hour. We started a little late. We'll give you the full hour show. And again, everybody out there, be be well, be safe, and uh, we will all get through this thing together. And at the same time, we're going to try to continue telling you guys what you need to know regarding the NFL draft and these draft prospects. Now, in the meantime, there are a couple of other NFL business items we need to discuss. Jeff, uh, we do know that the league meetings are not going to be held now because of the virus situation. They're going to do, I think, conference calls or video calls. Uh, the commissioner already coming out yesterday and announcing that. You guys uh, at home, you also know that the Giants, uh, John Mara put up a statement on his website. Uh, the Giants are one of the teams that have decided to pull back all the coaches and the scouts from the pro days. Uh, and so they will continue to do their research on tape and on video Okay. Uh, um, because, quite frankly, this is a situation that, uh, you know, has commanded attention. And don't forget, this one league news, um, the players are voting right now. The CBA started Thursday, and I think it's Saturday, I believe, is, and maybe Dave can check it for us, but I believe it's Saturday um, at 11.59 p.m. or something like that that the, the final vote for the CBA is being cast as we speak. So the players are going to be, we're going to know about this over the weekend. They did say the league year would still begin on Wednesday, I believe. Okay. Uh, but so that again, would give you a little bit of time, you know, as far as the the transition. And the that's the big thing here, Paul. You know, and we've talked a little bit about it, is that if this CBA doesn't get it extended, then there's going to be some there's going to be some maneuvering around teams as far as using the transition tag or, and I don't know this. And I'm going to ask you this question before, have they taken that ability? To, if the, there's no CBA, are they going to be able to use both tags? Cause remember there was a talk about that. There has been so much talk yeah. waffling but on I guess both my sides point is of what could happen that I, I don't even like to talk about sure. it until it finally becomes in yeah, cement. You know what? So it's just something to think about, but it's you all know, hypotheticals. But even if it does get passed over the weekend, and the league year starts in the, the the you know Wednesday it is. You're gonna have some time for these teams to figure out what they're gonna do going forward. Not a lot of times, and you know it is tough times. What's going on with everything with this virus, and um, you know this is gonna impact a lot of different things in the National Football League that the Giants are involved in, and that's you know draft preparation and getting players in here, talking to them, uh, their scouts and their coaches out on the road going to pro days. So this affects everybody. And by the way, you know, sometimes I feel like, and if you just pick up the, you know, you, the, well, nobody picks up the newspaper anymore. If you're just reading it online or listening it on sports radio, there is things that are getting canceled constantly now. I mean, lacrosse is getting canceled, spring sports for, for colleges and mm -hmm. spring ball and things like this. All of this in a vacuum, you know, it's not good for, the, for sports and it's hopefully it goes away soon, but it could have a, a distinct effect on a lot of guys that are coming out of college football players this year. All right, we should mention uh, over the last couple of days, there have been some veterans set free. For example, Jimmy Graham uh, has been set free, uh, now right. an unrestricted free agent, actually a, st a street free agent, not unrestricted. He's a guy who you can sign right now if you want to pick him up. Uh, so he was set free. I believe uh, we also saw Cameron Wake was set free. Wow, well, that's a good one. I'd be all over him. <laughs> 
Well, he, he's he's one of those guys who, you know, has had some really good things happen to him in this league. And then last year uh, had two and a half sacks and four quarterback hits opening day against the Cleveland Browns. And then subsequent to that, had a very quiet season. Lingering hamstring issues really kind of sabotaged what he was trying to put forward for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, he is now available. And a guy who I think is, what, 38 years old, right? He's in, I'm pretty sure he's in his late 30s. I like uh, him. But, but a guy who has had some success in this league. And quite honestly, look at the way Robert Quinn resuscitated his career last year for the Cowboys and had double-digit sacks. I'm sorry, Can you know Cameron what? Wake... Yeah, be, I was thinking, be that kind of guy? I actually you, I take that back. I actually thought you were talking about Cameron Jordan. That's who, when you said Cameron, and I thought that's why I was like, oh my God, he's free. Why did they let him go free? And then was you going through the, when you're going through the statistics, I'm like, wait a second. We're talking about the wrong Cameron. That's not, you know, it's not unlike me <laughs> to mess Saint, up names. The, the Saints aren't getting rid of Cameron Jordan. <laughs> exactly. Trust me on that, that one. That was the point. I was like, wait a second. This doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, 38 years old, the guy, I don't know if I like a 38 year old guy, but I thought I was talking about we were talking about two different people here. So um, Cameron Jordan, yeah, I would take him in a second. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe that. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, now now this makes sense. If he's 38 years old, I don't want him. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, Deion Lewis, also uh, much talked about well, in hey, free agent a, circles. I, listen. One year ran for over 800, 800 yards with the Patriots. Yeah, he's 29 years old. I'm seeing it right here. That is correct. That's not that's not too bad. I mean, that's probably the number for those quarterbacks. From Brooklyn, I mean, New York, I might add, by Oh, the way. he would love to come back maybe to the Giants. That would, <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you what. That wouldn't be a bad, bad signing, in my opinion, to have him. You know, I'm not saying – you know that they have to sign him, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. It would be it would be fine with me. I Primarily mean, a third down back with the Titans, and, and we're looking for that. I'm looking for that type of guy. I'm looking for that that little scat back that, that you know. And listen, I saw that the the Giants had had re-signed Eli Penny. I think to something, right? I mean, was that they official? re-signed fullback Eli Penny and they released Big George, failed physical. Sure, sure. So yeah, he's that's now a off tough situation. Table. You know, that was a big long had concussion long for him. Year. Yeah, so. You know, those things are real, folks. Those things are real. Um, and one of the things that I've talked about on this show before is that I'm, I'm, a big, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in this draft when it comes to receivers this year. Uh, we talked a little bit about CeeDee Lamb. If the Giants were able to get him, I would be very happy with that. Um, but because I just don't feel like the Giants receiving core is something that is a surefire, great depth. All guys are going to play all 16 games group of people. Um, I would like to get some youth in there and get some guys that could play and uh, I think this draft has a lot of those players available. NFL.com says the Ravens have placed a franchise tag on uh, on Juden. So that is that is one guy, Matthew Juden, uh, now off the board, uh, outside linebacker getting the franchise tag, so says NFL Network. Uh, that's a guy who apparently a lot of folks thought would attract heavy attention. Yeah, and from what I remember, the franchise tag, too, is that's guaranteed money, by the way. Um, you have to sign it by a certain date, right? And they can, by the way, they can cut you at any time um, or release or take the franchise tag away from you at any time. So you got to sign that by a certain date. I think it's sometime in the summer. All right, here we go. We go uh, back to the phones All for right. the first time today. I shouldn't say back to. I well, say we're, we we're coming are back entering to the phone lines today. It's been a while. Jeff from Rhode Island, you're first on the show. Hello. What up, Jeff? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Okay, how are you? Good. I was uh, I was sorry to see that uh, Del Schaffner passed away. He was. Uh, I'm so glad you busy. mentioned that because with yeah. all the business I had to get to, I simply let that slide. I mentioned it on my Twitter page last night. Del Schaffner, I think, was a five-time All-Star in the NFL. In fact, his three years with Tittle uh, were just absolutely sensational. Thousand-yard seasons. He was as good as there was in the National Football League in the early 60s. Him and Tittle just lit up the stat sheet on a regular basis. He was number 85, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Passed away, I guess, this past week. I think it was actually at the age of 85 as well. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, I think he still holds the uh, record for most yardage uh, for passes caught in, uh, in one game is like 269 yards, I believe. I will check on that for you. But in the meantime, uh, again, a guy who, by the way, did not start out with the Giants. He was with the Rams. And then yes. they brought him in, and they brought in Tittle from the 49ers. And all of a sudden, these two guys just clicked. 
and and they were dominant. Let me make something very clear, folks. For you young whippersnappers out there who don't <laughs> know, Schaffner and Tittle, I mean, they were like Rice in Montana for their day. Okay. That's how oh, good yeah. they were. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about, Jeff. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was a little bit before my time, but uh, okay. nevertheless, he, he was an outstanding. He was an outstanding uh, giant. That's for sure. Uh, my question is, um, you know, we we don't know right now who all the uh, free agent people are going to be out there, players and position wise. But uh, regarding the linebacker situation, uh, who would you know if you had to, to pick and choose? Who would you like to see? Uh, you guys, in your opinion, who would you like to bring into? solidify the linebacker position well i tell you we, we've talked a lot about littleton right i mean he's a yeah, guy that yeah. would come over here um <clears throat> he brings a lot to the table um i'm looking for my you know the showbert kid from cleveland is another guy that's on on the list that i wouldn't you know wouldn't be too disturbed if they went out and got someone like that um mm-hmm. i want somebody that's going to bring um some consistency and health to the position guys that are going to be, and I know things happen, but I like those two guys myself, uh, Corey Littleton and Joe Schobert from, from Cleveland and from the Rams. Those would be two guys I, I would like to see. Another one that I tell you what, all I hear is good things about this guy. And I remember when the giants have played the Chicago bears and Danny Trevithan, he's, he was always around the football. I think he's a guy yeah. that could yeah. be a good, I, I've told resigned. He did. Yeah. Oh, he did. Okay, I'm just going on my my list here. So I don't know if he. When did he resign? John Pritt did that out a few weeks ago. Well, when did he resign? Just the other day. Well, within the, the last day. 24 hours, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't I'm not go that. Up, this old list. I'm it's not got that mold updated. On it. Gee whiz. I mean, 24 hours. I don't know every <laughs> linebacker in the world up to 24 hours their life story. But uh, my point is, I'm at least a, I think he did. But go here's ahead. the thing. I I I I've told you guys this before. I I want that one big splash free agency guy that I think is going to be good for the team. But I want to build some depth through the free agent area okay. this year and that's where and you know at linebacker Corey Littleton's going to yeah. cost you a little bit of money yeah would uh would you agree that we need more help on the inside position and as opposed to the uh outside linebacker position I think so Paul I, th- I yeah. think you would probably tend to, to agree I mean look at Ogletree is gone now um you've got uh you know you're hoping that Conley can come back you don't know about that you, that's an unknown you don't really right. you can't really right. count on that See, if you draft Isaiah Simmons in my mind you know you play him with Connolly and Carter as your three starting linebackers in a 4-3 uh-huh. and then and then what happens is you're going to play probably Carter and Simmons in your sub package when you're going to go with basically what I think could be a 4-2-5 so do you really need a true inside linebacker. I'm not so yeah. sure. Yeah. I think you need a more you, versatile. You, certainly Murray, who who's a three-down player, according to Ted Lehman, would be somebody yeah. you'd want to think about because, see, I, I can't see drafting or spending big money on a guy who's only going to be a first or second down player. I just can't see. Oh yeah, yeah. I All agree. Right. What do you think about what do you think about those uh, two guys that might be available uh, from the Patriots linebacker? Van, Van Noy is certainly someone you you would probably want to investigate. I could understand that. Okay. And by the way, uh, uh, it was uh, 12 touchdown catches in 1962. Uh, Schaffner had set a Giants team record at that time. It had since been, of course, passed by uh, Homer Jones and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. But that was one of his records. And then one of his other records was, uh, let's see, uh, at the time he had 1,181 catching yards in 1963 which was passed by Homer Jones and then Victor Cruz. But, but yes, I did want to make sure we threw that out there, Jeff, yeah. because, again, yeah. I have great respect for Del Schaffner, and I did not want to let that pass. So yeah, thank you. He sure, he sure was an outstanding player for the Giants. So sure was. Okay, guys, thank, thank you. you. Have a good thank day. you, Jeff. Be well. Appreciate it. This was reported by NFL.com 15 hours ago. Okay, well, that's within a day. <laughs> I mean, you got to give me some slack on this one. I mean, I brought the name up, and then you shoot me down like I – I mean, oh, no, he's, he got resigned, Jeff. Yeah, 15 hours ago. And by the way, NFL.com <laughs> says Trevathan and the Bears have agreed to a new deal. It doesn't yeah. say he signed. Yeah. Well, he said he agreed to a new deal. Okay, go. very okay. good. But All I right. would have liked him. Obviously, the Bears are on my thinking. 
well, he's very productive. He's had a ton of tackles. Remember when he was with the Broncos? I told you. He said uh, when the Giants played the Bears, he's uh, constantly around the football. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill, 201-939-4513. And we go to Jason in New Haven. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, fellas. What's going on? Good to talk to you. Thank you. Um, I just had like two or three things I wanted to bring up. Um, so I think another underrated position, and I'm sure the um, GM and the front office looking to it is um, the center position. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm we, with you. We do have we do have a young quarterback, um, and I, I think it's important. I know we have Pulley on contract, and, and I think he did pretty well. Um, when he played uh, two years ago and then last year when he subbed in for P.O. Um, I don't think he's a long-term answer at center. Um, I think most people need to understand that there's a physical role of, of being a center, but there's also a mental role um, in terms of being the primary caller for protection. Pulley's very astute. I'm going to tell you right now, he gets A-pluses across the board for his intelligence. So if that's what you're worried about, don't be. What, what you got to be worried about with Spencer Pulley, where, where he needs to up his game is, quite frankly, he added 10 pounds of beef to his frame last year because he was a tad undersized in terms of power and strength and width. And he added 10 pounds last year. You could see it the second he walked in the room. You could see he was bigger. Calling him fat. But, That's but, what he's doing. No, not yeah, at all. Is. I'm calling him wider. <laughs> and, and the power at, at the point of attack in the run game is the part of his game that needs to come up. Otherwise, he's very smart, he's very athletic, he's good in pass protection, he gets to the second level. There's a lot to like about him. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, not I'm, the long-term sure answer, did. like you said. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not taking away that he's intelligent, um, but I think we do need a long-term answer, especially with a young quarterback, in terms of helping call the protection, which I'm sure you guys know, you guys are in practice. And no doubt. Well, well, you would love to see that long-term guy that can be, you know, under center behind uh, Daniel Jones for a long time. And obviously, you know, intelligence needs to come with that position because he is the leader of that offensive line, making the protection calls, making all kinds of alignment and adjustments. So, yeah, you could, but, you know, I just think that athletically, I think that's where Pulley kind of lacks a little bit of that, um, what I would call is, is, is a guy that you're going to be with for a long time. I'm on the right. other side of that fence. I think athletically he's terrific. Mm, it's it's the just, point of attack where I think he needs help. But here's what I will say, Jeff. I, 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 hey, we can agree to disagree. It's of okay. Of course we can. Absolutely. Here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. If Parcells always used to say to us, especially on the offensive line, more than any other position on the field, you're only as strong as your weakest link. If Spencer Pulley is your weakest offensive lineman and you're starting five, you're doing really well. Let me just say that right now. If he's your weakest link, you have a really good offensive line. But they don't. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think I think Po. I think uh, not Po. I think uh, Pulley did a really good job when he subbed in. I'm just looking for more of a sure. long-term answer. That's why I'm looking at um, Glasgow from um, the the Lions. I'm mm-hmm. looking at McGovern. I'm looking at McGovern from Denver. That to me is where I'd probably spend the money at as far as offensive line and then draft a tackle. Because when you look at it, I think we're in the top 10 in terms of um, – now, of course, if we sign the center, bring it up. I think we're in the top 10 of offensive line as far as the cap is concerned. Uh, a lot of men with Zeitler and um, – I may be wrong, but I'm sure you guys – Solder. Zeitler and Solder. So, I would prefer mm-hmm. to, to get a, a young tackle through the draft and sign a center. Uh, second thing is um, the pass rushers. Um, Judon got tagged. Uh, like I've always been saying, my free agent – Crush and Gakwe got tagged, so I'm not going to bring him up anymore. Um, Clowney, I brought up in the past. I wouldn't be mad at the signing. Um, I just the injury history kind of scares me a little bit, so I'd be worried about that. Uh, three names I'll bring up, which I, I brought up yesterday: um, Beasley, Fowler, and um, and uh, what's the kid's name from uh, the Bills? Um, Lawson. Um, yeah, I think yeah. those are probably three three guys that are still pretty young. That hey, you know. Um, Fowler had a good year with the Rams. Beasley's been under under um, underperformer. Really yeah, underperformer. underperformer and sure. So, so I would kind of look at those guys to pair with X Man and um, and uh, Carter. Um, and then thirdly, um, and I'll take it off the air. This is you know I like to bring up my nostalgic questions with you guys since you guys have been around a while. A while. Um, <laughs> if we could go back to the two the two Super Bowl runs. 
I'm going to give six names, and I want you guys to tell me who do you think made the greatest, the biggest impact? I know it's going to be hard, but who made the biggest impact in terms of when we signed them free agent-wise? I'm going to give you Plaxico, Kareem McKenzie, O'Hara, Pierce, and um, um, what's the safety we assigned? Roll. Those six in those two Super Bowl runs, who do you think made the biggest? <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all six. I know, I know, I know. Both of you guys probably love all those six players I named. Oh yeah, we do. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm kind of going to force you to give me one. Try to at least give me one, and uh, if you could talk about those three pass rushers, and uh, I'll take it off the ear. All right, thank I, you so I, much. I, you know, we're going to run out of time <clears throat> to do this, but. I mean, quite simply, I, I think Plaxico was one of those guys. I mean, what he did for that offense in 07 was ridiculous. Okay. Um, uh, I think that my second one, who would that be? Entra Roll is, is a, was a great team player, good captain, good good player. I don't know. that. Those are probably, I think that if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Plaxico. See, it's hard for me not to pick Kareem McKenzie because he started on two Super Bowl teams. The other guys he mentioned, I don't remember the whole list, but I don't think the other two started on both of the Super Bowl teams. Pierce didn't. Burris didn't. O'Hara didn't. Roll didn't. I think McKenzie was the other, only other one he named. Uh, McKenzie started for two Super Bowl teams. Mm-hmm. He was a okay. measure point. of durability. Yeah. And without that right tackle... How successful is your running game, and how successful is Eli Manning when he drops back into the pocket? Sure. Well, I think you could make an argument for Kareem McKenzie on that list. I'm just—I I am not going to argue with you one bit with that. Um, I just like Plaxico because he caught the winning touchdown in 07. That's, a, that's just the one I like. I get that too. All right, <laughs> so. Scott from New Mexico, you are next on the program. Hello. Hi guys, how you doing? Hi. Good. What's up, Scotty? Uh, question for you: Last year there were about 18 players in the entire league that had double-digit sacks. But what was striking is that nine of them were linebackers. And I'm just curious. I know the lines are sort of mired between an edge rusher and a linebacker. But I know Shaquille Barrett, I think, had almost 20 sacks. But as you go down the list of the people that did this, uh, it was surprising to me that so many were qual- were qualified as linebackers, including Marcus Golden. So... Are, when you're looking at the draft or in free agency, do linebackers carry more weight in one way because they can do more uh, more things than a true defensive end? And is that the way the Giants would look at, say, Simmons being more versatile to do a lot more things? And he actually might even be more important. Not that he's going to be the impact player I think that Chase Young will be, but does he do because of his versatility and the fact that linebackers now are are really uh, sack leaders, uh, does that enter into the Giants' formula as to who they're going to draft and what they're going to look at? Hmm. I, I think it does. I think it, it not only the Giants, but maybe any other, any other team it would because the way that the league is, is set up these days for uh, how these offenses are running, I think that if you're getting a little bit more ability and agility out of a linebacker that also can right. rush the passer – that also can cover tight ends and and running backs out of the backfield. I think that makes them a little bit more valuable, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. So well, maybe, it, maybe it so looks, maybe well, so maybe Simmons as, is a guy that, like you said, Scott, that that's you know the Giants look at that and say, listen, this guy can rush the passer, but he can also play you know three downs at a linebacker position, and and that's a good fit for us. So seven of the top fifteen sack artists who had ten or more last year were linebackers. So I'm not sure right. where you're saying most. Most is not seven out of fifteen. That's less than half. No, seven out of the ten. If you look at um, well, there were fifteen guys who had ten or more sacks. Golden I think had that, ten. I think there was eighteen guys that had uh, ten or more sacks. Oh, I see why. Because the fifteen is tied four ways. That's yeah. why. Correct. So it would right. be eighteen. Good. Good for you. Good point for you. And and. Um, you know, I, I just thought it was funny that out of those guys, and I've said this on the show a thousand times, Marcus sure. Golden had 72 tackles. He had right. the most tackles of any guy with double-digit sacks on the league, which shows you yeah. how he plays the run and has a great motor. I'm a big fan. I, I would answer your question totally different, though, Scott. What I would okay. say is this. It depends on the scheme that your defensive coordinator is running. 
Okay. I think to make that generalization comment based on league numbers is is a mistake. I think you need to know what your guy wants to do with the player. Okay. I have uh, one philosophical question. I, and I oh, we love these. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> if you're starting an offense, there's two players, for example, I'm just going to ask you to compare. Um, both may go in the in the top ten. Uh, one's Henry Ruggs from Alabama, and then uh, Judy as well. Uh, if you were starting a team, I know how I'd answer this question, but I want to get your response. And you had to pick between a Tyreek Hill type of player, which I qualify Henry Ruggs as, and a Judy who I sort of akin to an uh, Amari Cooper player. Who would you start your team with in this current NFL? if you had to pick one of those two guys. And the reason I'm asking that, I'm a big believer in team speed, and I think um, Tariq Hill creates more problems for teams because you must be able to defend him. So I was just curious what you guys think about the, you know, what you would have if you were starting your offense. And I'll be glad to take your questions off the air, guys. Thank All right, you Scott, thank you so much. You answer my question. I, I, I'm with you, Scott. I would do the same. See... Uh, Hill doubles as a special teams guy, mm-hmm. and Cooper doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. So my answer would be Hill, but for a different reason than he gave. And then the other qu- the other item that I would add, the caveat is, again, what kind of team do you have and what do you need? If I've got a bunch of Smurfs on my team already, I want Amari Cooper more than I want Tyreek Hill. Because if I've already got the speed and the little munchkins doing what they do, <laughs> I want Amari Cooper to, to complement what I have. Munchkins and Smurfs. Smurfs so, and Munchkins. So, munchkins uh, again, you know, I, uh, Scott, I appreciate some of the times when you ask the questions, but you ask them in a bubble, and that's not that's not how they can be answered. I'll take any of them if you want to give them Well, that's true. So, that's yes. true. But, but you see the point. Yeah. If I've got Smurfs and Speed, I want Cooper. If I don't have Smurfs and Speed, I'm going to take Hill because of his special teams threat. I do agree with him, though, that you know the speed of the game, today's level, you need it. You have to have it. And, and, and also, teams can't, you know, they have, to, they have to game plan around it. They're going to have to find somebody that can keep up with these guys. Nobody can keep up with Hill. I mean, look at the way that, yeah. that uh, Andy Reid uses him in that offense. It is just ridiculous. And obviously, the guy throwing it to him is even better. So... All right. In any case, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light Mountain Cold Refreshment. Made to chill. Folks, we appreciate uh, all the calls and comments as you chimed in during the last hour of the program. This wraps up this week's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We invite you to tune in next week. We do not know exactly the format of the show. Okay, we do not believe we're going to be able to take live phone calls, but we will continue to answer your questions on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. You can also get him at Jay Fiegels, me at Giants WFAN. And in addition to that, we promise you we'll have some type of Giants programming some type. that we will get up online because we've got a lot of college prospects to preview yeah. as we get into this NFL draft, and we don't want to leave you guys naked. We want to get you that programming. So again, stay tuned to Giants.com. Check out the Twitter site. Check out our Twitters, and we will have some type of programming for you beginning on Monday. We just right now don't have enough specifics. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you again next time. Stay well, everybody.